Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Sunday morning, week eight, live prop bets, injuries, fewer questions. We'll have it all coming up for you. If you're looking for the question and answer period, it's coming up around like 10.35 a.m. Eastern Time, 10.40 a.m. Eastern Time. And as always, the more likes that we get, the more we can go into overtime to answer your questions. So if you've entered your start sick questions into the chat right now, not going to be answered, at least by me or Brad at this point, because we're going to do a call for questions around 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And that will be the starting point. Until then, hit the description of the video. You can find all of the rankings completely updated to right now, because I hit enter on it right before we came on air. So if you just have a start sick question, the rankings, shockingly enough, will help you out. If you're looking to get into DraftKings for the day, here's what I suggest you do. Go to FTNDaily.com. The optimizer is there, the ownership projections, all of the stats and tools. You can find that link in the description as well. But FTNDaily.com, code Mayo, get you a discount on all of those premium tools. You want to make everything quick on yourself. You want to use the start sit tool for your season long league. Easy stuff. FTNDaily.com slash Mayo. As a heads up, there is no live show next Sunday morning. Uh, for the only time in history, the Masters will coincide with football. So I have to get started on my actual golf shows for the week and my golf research. So unfortunately, the casualty will be the Sunday morning show, uh, but we'll have that again during Masters Sunday and we'll be back live that week. But uh, to get ahead of the game, there'll be no show. Brad Evans is on the line with me from FTN Fantasy from FTN Daily and FTNBets.com. What's going on, Brad? Hola, amigo! How you doing? Yeah, so no show next week, uh, which means I may have to jump on and do a Periscope with our audience. So I, I got your back, Mayo, as always. Yeah, we can just stream you live on Mayo Media Network. I, I just have some <laughs> writing to do. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the biggest event in golf coinciding with the middle of football season is not good news for me, man. Well, this is like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters. So the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's going to come out and start wrecking buildings as a result. But yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. I mean, golf is one of your jams. I get it. So, you know, do your research, make people all kinds of cash, and I'll handle all the football chatter. Excellent news. So yeah, at Noisy Huevos on Twitter for a Periscope next Sunday morning if you want to hit that. Once again, smash the like button to this episode. We get to 500 likes. We go into overtime on the Q&A session, which will again start around 10.35 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll kick Brad off the line so I can get to as many of your questions as possible. If not, ranks in the description and up on DKPlaybook.com right now. Wind is the big like buzz <laughs> that's going on this morning, Brad. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think the people overanalyze it, to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm not scared off. If I there was a game that I like to begin with, it's not scaring me off of it. My favorite game of the week to stack DraftKings-wise to get in on is that Cincinnati and Tennessee game. I'm not too concerned about it. If I'm wrong, well, then I'm going to lose my money. But I, I'm not letting this deter me. I'm not trying to find secret value somewhere because there's just, oh, there's so much win. You, you want to be a coward and just play everyone in the Lions and Colts game? Go nuts because it's indoors but if it's going to be seahawks and 49ers cincinnati and tennessee those are my two favorite games of the day yeah that's where most of my guys are coming from yeah and i think that's a smart move and i don't think weather is going to be ultimately too impactful in cincinnati today wind sustains this to be 15 to 20 miles an hour with occasional gusts at 35 so i would say moderate effects there on some of the deep balls that are out there but there are three areas that i'll just rifle through real quick where there are actually really 
hard and fast concerns. You know, up there in northern Wisconsin, they have a wind advisory in effect. Sustained winds at 20 to 26. It is a biting cold wind coming out of the west-northwest and gusts as high as 45 miles per hour for that Green Bay-Minnesota game. I hammered the under on both the quarterback uh, yardage prop bets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers at DraftKings Sportsbook was at 285.5 under. Uh, Kirk Cousins at 255.5 under. I probably would have taken, you know, Kirk Cousins at this game was <laughs> in South Beach or something. Uh, I, I think that number is too high. Cleveland's going to be similar wins, you know, gusts up to 45, sustained 20 to 26, but rain driven because they're expected to have rain consistently throughout the entire game. It's going to be nasty there along Lake Erie. And then in Western New York uh, with Buffalo and wind advisory in effect there, same situation as with Cleveland, wind driven rain. Again, winds 20 to 26 miles an hour, uh, 45 plus gusts. Uh, I actually think this benefits Josh Allen. I think he could have a bang-up job on the ground. That's why I popped the over at 35-and-a-half rush yards at DraftKings Sportsbook. But, yeah, some of those vertical guys, like a Henry Ruggs that maybe you're on the fence on uh, in those particular contests, maybe Jacoby Myers, you picked him up, you might want to seek some alternatives. Well, the biggest thing with the, like, there's the one game that seems to be the most effective, the Buffalo and Patriots game. But it's not like people were lining up to play guys in that game anyway, so what's the big deal? Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, but, you know, again, in, in Cleveland, the conditions are almost going to be identical uh, to what's going on in Buffalo. And, and of course, Cleveland and uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, there are plenty of fantasy options within those contests. I think it's going to be more of a ground heavy attack. I mean, wind is a big freaking deal. And once it gets above sustain, what I mean by sustain means a constant steady wind of 25 plus miles an hour. And they're going to be experiencing that. And those three you know, locations I discussed in, in Buffalo and Cleveland and Green Bay, they do have these gusts up to 45. I talked to a friend of mine who was in Green Bay uh, earlier this morning. He said, yeah, I got an anemometer, which is a device that measures wind speed, and it hit 50 at his location. So it's no joke, man. The winds are going to wreak havoc on the kicking games and on the deep passing games in these areas. But like Devontae Adams, am I going to move him out of my lineup? Hell no, I'm not, because uh, Green Bay will still find creative ways to get him the ball in the short field. And, of course, he can get appreciable yak. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm going to ftnbets.com. There's the free prop shop that's up there right now where you can just kind of type in a player and see what their over-unders are for props. And I want to find Alexander Madison in this contest. Mm. No one's yeah. really no one's releasing yardage props on him. Damn it. I want to take the over rushing yardage prop on Madison because Cook is going to see substantial run in this game. He's expected to play, but apparently the groin isn't 100%. If this is going to be a ground and pound game, this is a situation where I could see Madison getting like 9, 10 carries on yep. top of Delvin Cook's 20 touches as well if they're going to try to stay out of the air that much. Well, and here's a, a player that is available uh, on the prop shop, and I actually like this wager in. In a, in a win game, though, the impacts aren't going to be as harsh in Wisconsin. Uh, it's Latavius Murray of the New Orleans Saints going against the Bears, you know, and really just kind of a, a saving grace is the fact that that game is being kicked off later on in the day. The wind advisor, in effect, for the Windy City is set to expire at 2 p.m. local time. That game kicks off at 3 o'clock local time. So it's still going to be windy, but not as you know, severe as it could have been, like what they're experiencing right now. But the Bears' vulnerability has been in the trenches. I mean, they're giving up right around 4.3 yards per carry of the running back position. And without Michael Thomas, without Emmanuel Sanders, and Drew Brees and his noodle arm, I think he's only attempted something like nine passes beyond 20 yards. It's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara and a ton of Latavius Murray up the gut. So I think Murray on the over 
uh, whatever it is, like 34 and a half, 35 and a half rush yards. I know it's in the low to mid thirties. I could see him having like a 12 carry 45, 50 yard, one touchdown kind of game today. So there you go. That's through your pivot off of Alexander Madison. If you want to get on some of these player props. Already out at the running back position today, Jeff Wilson, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Raheem Mossert, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, and Miles Sanders all not playing today. But that brings us to the Seattle situation where they have three guys who may or may not play. It sounds like Chris Carson's an absolute 50-50 game time decision. That happens in the late set of games. Carlos Hyde, doubtful to play, so I wouldn't count on him. But then you have Travis Homer, who may or may not play. How do you see this turning out for the Seahawks backfield? Could it be that it's just DJ Dallas, the only healthy member of the team in the backfield today? Yeah, the most porn-tastic name in professional football, DJ Dallas. Yeah, look, uh, he could be the last man standing here. Uh, you know, what does that mean for Russell Wilson and company? Are they just going to abandon the run? Because DJ Dallas is more effective as a receiver than he actually is a runner between the tackles. Uh, though he has been, uh, you know, olaying a lot of oncoming pass blitzes and, and rushes. Uh, he's terrible in pass pro, so it doesn't say good things for Russell Wilson. Then again, it could actually help him out in terms of hitting a rush yards prop or, you know, maybe getting an additional four or five fantasy points in the ground today uh, as he's got to be running for his life. But, uh, you know, we'll see if Chris Carson can go. If he starts, look, I have Chris Carson in a couple of leagues, and I need him. I mean, I – Mayo, you've done rankings at running back. I mean, this was hideous. It was upchuck worthy. Uh, just gives you the bubble goats thinking about how awful it really is after like the top 15, 16 guys. There's just so many question marks. So for me, I don't have the luxury of having a lot of high upside running backs to lean on. So if Car- Carson is active, uh, he is going to be active for my fantasy team. And I just hope he can gut it out and maybe get me, you know, 40 yards and fall in the end zone for a touchdown. But yeah, it's certainly something to monitor there. But I do not think very highly of DJ Dallas if he is indeed the main man today. If DJ Dallas is the main running back, I would consider it to be a late swap situation on DraftKings, where if he's like he might be the only running back active and in that offense, that is worth something, especially being the minimum price on DraftKings. There's a lot of different pay down options, but this is going to be the one that no one is on because very few people like to take advantage of the late swap. But even in your season long lineups, if you had someone, let's say like Justin Jackson, you were starting Justin Jackson because you have no better options, or you wanted to start Chris Carson, he's ruled out. And then Travis Homer is ruled out. Because I would go that that route. If Carson plays, you play Carson. If there's no Carson, Homer is active, you play Homer. And if there's not the other two of them, like just through volume alone, DJ Dallas would be a, what, top 25 running back? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, the problem is, again, he's not a particularly effective between the tackles rusher. Uh, now, he could get the volume in the pass game, especially if San Francisco decides, I don't know, maybe King on DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett off his historic 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns. But, you know, this San Francisco defense is getting healthy, too. And that's that's the other takeaway with this. It's not a great matchup. And Seattle's middle of the pack in terms of adjusted line yards a lot, according to the FTN Daily Trench Tool along that offensive line. So, you know, it's it's one it's one of those where you just it's such a tremendous step down from the starter. And really the backup from Carlos Hyde to DJ Dallas that, yeah, the volume could be there. But, man, I'd be really reluctant to trot about there if I had some viable alternatives at RB2. 
Remember, everyone out there, smash the like button to the episode and subscribe to Mayo Media Network. If you are subscribed to Mayo Media Network and you smash the like button, that counts as double in terms of us going into overtime to answer the start sick questions. Today, we're going to start answering questions around 10.35 a.m. Eastern time to save them until we do the call out. But we need to get those likes up and those subs up if we really want to extend this and try to get to everyone's question. Last week, there was 1,300 questions asked. We can only get to 700 of them. So, I mean, it's going to be first come, first serve. Once we get to the point, so that's why you should save your questions. You're putting them in now. They're not going to get answered. 10.35 a.m. Eastern Time. Smash and sub to Mayo Media Network. Other side of the ball in that Seattle game, Tevin Coleman could play today. If Tevin Coleman plays, I think I would play Tevin Coleman. I think he would be the lead. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I like Jermichael Hasty quite I, a bit. Wh- why does uh, anyone like Jermichael Hasty? What does he do? He was so good last week that they played Jeff Wilson over him the entire game until yeah. Jeff Wilson got hurt. Well, it turned into really a hot hand situation, I think, and Wilson looked great. Look, I'm not going to downplay that at all. He was tremendous. Uh, but Hasty is a guy that is an effective one-cut-and-go runner, and that's what the scheme is. It's a zone-blocking scheme. He is assertive. He is aggressive. He is a you know ball fired out of a cannon uh, once he sees that hole and attacks it downhill. So, look, I, I think Tevin Coleman could be eased in. You know, there is accumulated rust here. He hasn't played in multiple weeks. Yeah, you know, I it's still going to be an RBBC. Uh, and, yeah, McKinnon's going to be involved. But I think Hasty could be the cream of the crop that rises out of this. Now, am I saying you play him as an RB2? Hell no. I'm not recommending any of these guys at RB2. Uh, not against this robust Seattle front that's given up just 3.74 yards per carry of the running back position this season. Uh, but if you're looking, you know, for a flexy, sexy option and uh, a 12-team or deeper league, I think Casey's in that conversation. I think Coleman's in that conversation. Jared McKinnon, though, is a complete wild card. I have no idea with the whole, like, legs issue, the heavy legs, you know, exactly how much run he's going to get and how healthy he really is. I would go McKinnon over Hasty if Coleman is inactive. But again, these are difficult situations to parse because all of this, the, the big injuries from this game, it's happening at 4 p.m. Eastern time, that most of your guys and bench spots will, uh, will already have been gone by the time these guys get in. That's why I'm talking about from like a late swap purpose. Of the fill-in guys this week, uh, in my running back rankings, available right now in the description of this video, you can find Jamal Williams at number five in my rankings this week. Giovanni oh, Bernard, yeah! Giovanni Bernard at number nine in my rankings this week and Boston Scott at number 12. Do you have any particular feels for those guys or is that the right order? No, I, it, my order is a little bit different, but I, I think it's splitting hairs, to be honest with you. I, I like the Jamal Williams call. I, I think he is going to be outstanding today. I mean, Minnesota, I mean, where they got left defensively, they're hurting everywhere. And if the wins are going to be as impactful as I believe they are going to be, it's going to be ground-heavy attacks for both of these teams. So it's going to be a ton of Jamal Williams, a little smattering here and there of A.J. Dillon. So, yeah, I could see that, uh, you know, number five overall ranking coming to, to fruition. Uh, I I would go Boston Scott, two out of that group. It's Dallas, for crying out loud, little D. Um, and him and Gio Bernard are really mirror images of one another. Because in Tennessee, it's not exactly – they're not stalwarts defensively by any stretch. You know, they rank inside the top ten of most fancy points, a lot of the running back position as well. Uh, but I think all these guys – I mean, you have them ranked as RB1s in a 12-team setting. And I think that's the takeaway here is that if you have one of these guys on your roster, it's such a luxury item uh, in a buy-heavy week that you almost have to plug them in unless you have, you know, somebody like a Derrick Henry to go along with, you know, another major running back in, in that uh, pecking or like I would start all those guys, Mayo, just from a perspective viewpoint over Zeke Elliott. 
Uh, I, I have severe trust reservations with Ben DiNucci. Hey! And this passing attack that Zeke has seen nothing but stack boxes. Philadelphia gobbles up the run. And Zeke has been less than motivated, it seems like, these last couple of weeks. And he's had the, the fumbleitis issue to boot. So it could get ugly in a hurry for Dallas tonight. And I think those other options you mentioned in potential shootout games, with the exception of Green Bay because the conditions, uh, I think those other guys are going to outperform a guy that you might have taken number two, number three overall in your fantasy draft. No Mark Ingram. Poor Mark Ingram. That leaves the Gus bus. And J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> I would go Dobbins over Edwards. I think yeah. it's more likely yeah. that Edwards scores a touchdown. But in terms of overall yardage, I think I would trust that base with Dobbins. And I don't, like, trust him, trust him. I have him outside my top 20 at running back. I'm at 21. But at the same time, if I'm just playing for a floor, I think that Dobbins provides a better floor. Uh, I'm 100% with you here on J.K. Dobbins. And a lot of this is script-based, too. Right. You know, you expect Baltimore to be very competitive in this game against the Steelers. What happens is the Steelers come out and punch him in the face. You know, then all of a sudden, Gus the boss, uh, he goes in the garage and, you know, they shift in a park and it's all J.K. Dobbins. One of my favorite player props this week, Mayo, is the over on J.K. Dobbins receiving yards at 15 and a half. Uh, because, you know, again, no Mark Ingram. Uh, Dobbins is going to dominate the pass down work and he is so electrifying in the open field. You know, you give him space, he, he breaks those initial. Uh, lines of you know of contact I uh, can really chew up some real estate I can really scoot and, and I'm hopeful that Greg Roman's going to get a little bit creative get him involved in the pass game whether on swings or designed screens or whatever it may be and again uh, the game flow could necessitate a move of increasing his, his volume through the air but I think Dobbins uh, don't be surprised if this is a breakout performance this week I think he's going to get at least 12 touches uh, and hit his high watermark for the season in that category Remember, once again out there, when we call for the questions for the question and answer period around 10.35 a.m. Eastern Time, you can push that into past 11 a.m. in the question and answer period by liking the episode. If you're watching, just hit the fucking like button, all right? Also, subscribe to Mayo <laughs> Media Network. Counts twice on your like to get those up. We're only at 200 right now. 500 unlocks the extra five minutes. 1,000 unlocks the extra 15 minutes if we get up to that point. So if you're watching, you might as well smash a like if you eventually want your question answered on the show. If not, hit the rank. Make it very easy on yourself. The little numbers next to the guys' names, uh, that's the order in which I have them. And if you're unfamiliar with Arabic numbers, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, at this point, you can probably <laughs> figure out higher on the list, better, lower on the list, worse. All right? Philip Lindsay looks like he's going to play in this matchup. It looks like he'll pass concussion protocol. Not a lock as of yet. No official word, but this is what the trend looks like at the moment. And it does look like Tim Patrick's pushing to play. I would not expect him to play because hamstring injuries tend to keep people out for multiple weeks. He hasn't missed a game yet. Probably not going to play. Not a great matchup against the Chargers either. If Lindsay is active, I would start him over all other Denver running backs. Really? Over yeah. Gordon? Yeah, Gordon. Yeah, here's the thing about Gordon. He fucking sucks. <laughs> well, listen, I, I don't disagree uh, with that viewpoint, but, you know, we, we've been talking about Le'Veon Bell and the revenge game narrative there. Uh, this is maybe is a little bit of a revenge game narrative as well, going against his former employer in the L.A. Chargers, which uh, he did not have really a, a storybook ending with. Uh, obviously, he had the holdouts a year ago that uh, really, you know, mitigated his overall production, but. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I still like Melvin Gordon from a volume perspective. I love Lindsey. Uh, he's shown tremendous power and burst here these last couple of games when he's been healthy. 
I, I think there's a really good shot he's going to get 10 to 12 touches, assuming again he's active. But I still think that Melvin Gordon's going to dominate uh, in terms of the lion's share in this RBBC. It's going to be more 60-40 Gordon and Lindsey. Uh, but both these guys, I think, are very much in the RB2 conversation. I've got Gordon like RB19 this week, and I've got Lindsey, you know, tentatively at 24. So, I mean, you, you can take advantage of, of the Chargers, and the Broncos have done a pretty good job in terms of run-blocking efficiency so far this season, though. Drew Locke's got to get his shit together uh, in order to really, you know, keep this defense honest and at bay. I have Philip Lindsay at number 18 in the rankings, Melvin Gordon at number 32. For wow! I just, <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I've been really good on Melvin Gordon, Gordon rankings so far this year because I just rank him low, and it hits every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, you know, that's that's a little wave OC move, uh, but that's why I love you. You know, I'm I'm shrivelly here in Denver. I'm more team raisins as you got the huevos gigantes here on Melvin Gordon. All right. The other one, Wayne Gallman is probably going to start for the Giants. We don't know if Devonta Freeman is officially out yet or not, but he hasn't practiced all week. He has this ankle injury. Now it's up against the best run defense in the league. I believe it's the best. No, actually, the Steelers are not technically number one in terms of rush defense. The Bucks are number two. Galvin's not good. This offensive line is not good. But if you're trying to mine volume from somewhere, almost like we talked about with DJ Dallas, yeah, you would never feel comfortable starting Wayne Gallman in this matchup. But... Could you start Wayne Gallman in this matchup? Desperate times call for desperate measures. And, you know, we got four teams on by. Uh, we've got injury issues galore. Yeah, I hate the matchup. I mean, the Buccaneers have earned their rum uh, for sure in terms of defending the run. Man, I'm just looking at the game logs here. Last few backs. I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs, 10 for 17. Uh, Aaron Jones, 10 for 15. Mandatory, more like mediocre Montgomery. Uh, 10 for 29. Your boy, Melvin Gordon. Eight for 26. Christian McCaffrey, you know, he scored twice on him, but he is the most successful running back on the ground against his defense this season. And if you, you know, try to overlook the two touchdowns, just focus on the yards, 18 carries for 59 yards. You can't run on Tampa. No, you can't. You, you can't, but this game script, I think it's 12 and a half points now, just points to a lot of check downs out of the backfield. I'm not looking for 35 points here, but can Wayne Gallman sneak his way into like six catches for 30 yards? Sure. Like that, that could be enough to be a running back too this week. Yeah, I mean, like you look at Dave Montgomery, seven for 30 he had. You know, that, that could be a line that I could see uh, Gallman getting through the air against this defense. Yeah, because they are going to be scoreboard chasing. Let's be honest. Let's be real with it. So, yeah, look, if, if you could muster maybe 65, 70 total yards, sure, there's some flex appeal there, particularly in PPR. But, yeah, I mean, if he finds the end zone, then go out and buy a damn lottery ticket. <laughs> Tyler Higby is pushing to play against the Dolphins. This is an early game, so you will know. I wouldn't start Higby, although it is, a on paper, a very nice matchup because both these teams are very similar to one another. When you talk about the defense for the Rams, defense for the Dolphins, very solid outside of the hashes. Both corners on both sides, tremendous. You want to attack them in the middle of the field. That's why I like Cooper Cup more than I like Robert Woods this week. And I would like Gerald Everett a little bit if Tyler Higby ends up sitting. But I think old Eleanor Higby here might uh, cause a wrench into this problem so probably just Cooper Cup for me yeah that's fair look I, I've got uh, I played a 16 team league so it's pretty sparse uh, the cupboard is right now and I picked up Gerald Everett and I'm plugging him in um, you know I, I remember how highly the fantasy community talked about Tyler Higby preseason and of course he had that three touchdown game early on they're like oh it's all happening it's all coming together Oh, uh, then Gerald Everett came back, and, yeah, that party ended very quickly. You know, you could use the splits tool at FTN Fantasy, and he just plugged that in, you know, when 
Higby and Everett are on the field together. I mean, Higby has averaged something like 30 yards per game in his career. So, yeah, I have severe reservations about him doing much of anything today, even if he is active. If you're going to go with one of the two tight ends, it's definitely Everett. Uh, for pickups, I had initially picked up Richard Rodgers against Dallas this week, and he's not like a horrendous option anymore. He's just not no. a good option anymore because Dallas Goddard looks like he's going to come back here. I have Dallas Goddard ranked at eight at tight end this week. Is that too yep. high or too low? <laughs> no, I think you and I are in lockstep. I think I'm at seven. So, uh, I look, he has, by all accounts locally, looked tremendous. Uh, he, he's been moving uninhibitedly, and it's freaking Dallas. I mean, it is a dinner-to-movie defense. And I think Dallas Goddard's going to be able to have his way with them, um, you know, early and often. Now, you got Jalen Rieger back. Uh, you got Travis Fulgham there. And the other thing we got to remember, I, I do still like Richard Rodgers because the Philadelphia Eagles run 12 personnel, being two tight end cents over 50% of the time. So Rodgers is going to be on the field. He had a nice little rapport, nice little chemistry and vibe that he built up last week with Carson Wentz. And, you know, Wentz will look his direction when the defense, you know, makes it so where you know he's there's a, an opportunity for him to take advantage of so for me i still view richard rogers as a back end tight end one because that position right now sucks it is awful outside really the top seven eight guys uh, i have him ranked at number 20 for this week at tight end it just it feels like a touchdown or bust like it'll be nine yards and a touchdown or nine yards and no touchdown yeah i, I would disagree with that i still think he get like five for 50 um, you know, I think Carson Wentz going to have a tremendous amount of success through the air. Now, the one thing you got to worry about is game script, right? Uh, if Ben DiNucci comes out and swallows a stick of dynamite and looks like the seventh-round pick that he was drafted as, I uh, remember the last one to have a start as a rookie as a seventh-rounder was Ryan Fitzpatrick back with the St. Louis Rams. Uh, that season, he went 0-3 with the Rams as a starter as a seventh-rounder. Uh, you know, if DiNucci could come in and be at least decent – and, you know, they can move the chains and keep pace at Philadelphia, uh, then that's great news for Richard Rodgers, Fulgham, everybody. My, my worry is, is that Philadelphia just comes out and blows the socks off of Dallas in the first half and it becomes more of a Boston Scott game in the second half. I mean, that is a, a, a legitimate worry that is on the table, knowing how putrid Dallas is collectively right yeah, now. But don't forget that the Eagles just, they're almost like the East Coast Chargers this year where – Good opponent, they'll play up to good opponent. Bad opponent, they'll play yeah. down to bad opponent. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that's ultimately valid. Uh, I am trotting out, full disclosure, Ben DiNucci in a two-quarterback league. Oh, so, boy. I'm. I, wait, listen, man, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I will say this, too. I haven't seen this, Mayo, and maybe our prop shop has it at FTN Bets, but whatever the prop is on DiNucci rush yards, take the over. He's a runner? He can scramble. He's a he runner? He can run. He can run. Interesting. I'll go. I'll I'll find that out. FTNbets.com. I'll hit the prop shop. Uh, Amari Cooper, I have ranked at number 24 in the rankings, which I do not feel good about, but he is the only Dallas receiver I can imagine plugging into my lineup right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's realistic. You know, I'm, I'm I'm feeling all right. And look, a lot of these guys, it's just it's such a wild card. It is really a wild card in this game uh, collectively. But, yeah, if you want to throw in Cooper, you want, I mean, Gallup is cut-worthy at this point. I wish the Dallas Cowboys would freaking trade the guy. It's such a waste of talent. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb could have a, a – actually, I think C.D. Lamb is probably going to have the best game of all of them. 
uh, you know, operating primarily out of the slot. I think he is going to be the apple of Ben DiNucci's eye in this contest. But, yeah, I mean, Cooper, yeah, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, sure. Prop shop at FTMBets.com. Completely free to use, by the way. So FTMBets.com. Click on the prop shop at the top. You can find all the lines for the players if you enjoy betting props, which I enjoy doing. We're going to reveal our favorite props here in a minute at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. That is the best line that you can get if you enjoy the over. Over 14.5 is minus 111. Oh, a Danucci Rush Yards? Yeah. Hell yes. Hell yes, son. Sign me up. Look, man, if this game, I know, I thought your analogy with the Chargers was spot on with the Eagles. But if they do end up, you know, smacking uh, Dallas right in the face here early on in the second half, you know, defenses tend to get softer. They'll drop back in like a prevent style. And that, all that does is open up rushing lanes for the quarterback. So Deducci can move, man. Uh, that's one of his finer qualities is mobility. And he's a very opportunistic runner. At least he showed out of college. Uh, even showed a little bit last week, just that ability to shift around the pocket and his willingness to take off. So I think you're going to see that front and center night. Yeah, I'm over. I'm over on that 14 and a half. Let's do it. Let's ride. Once again, we're about 10 minutes away from taking the question and answers. We need to get those likes up, people, and those subs up. So if you're watching, please sub to Mayo Media Network right now. It takes like three fucking seconds. Like, just help us out over here. Okay? Also, smash the like to the episode. We get over 500. We go an extra five minutes. We get to 1,000 or more. We're going to go an extra 10 minutes on top of that. If we get to 10,000 or more, I'll do it right up until the lock. How about that? <laughs> um, let's see here. Of the pickup wide receivers that you could potentially plug and play this week, I'm looking at a few of them right now. I'll list them off. Uh, Fulgham, you can't pick up anymore because he's too good. Uh, but you got Brandon, yep. I- you got Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne. You got Minze, and you have Braxton Berrios with both Perriman and Cratter going to be out in this game. Zach Pascal is still lurking out there. Traquan, Deontay Harris in that Saints game as well with Callaway, Sanders, and Michael Thomas all out. Uh, who else? Rager is going to be back. Darnell Mooney should have a spot. Yeah, Mooney's the- interesting. Allen, yep. Allen yep. Robinson is going to play in this matchup, but Mooney's still going to play the primary uh, number of snaps on the outside here. Who do you like the best out of those guys? Because for me, it's Ayuk and then Mims. Yeah, I know you're big on Mims. I, I mean, are the Jets down 30 to nothing already? I yes. mean, I saw the line move. Yeah, I think they are. As soon as they step off the bus, I mean, they're they're 20-point underdog. Uh, so there's going to be plenty of garbage time in the second half. And maybe, you know, this is going to be a force feeding to try to get Mims fully immersed within this offensive scheme. So, yeah, he could be sneaky good today. I love Mooney. I wish the conditions were better in Chicago. Uh, but he's been peppered with targets. And, you know, that Allen Roberts is going to see a ton of, you know, bracket coverage in this game and, and really open some things up for Mooney. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, the Saints have been so just terrible in coverage in general. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore has still allowed, uh, I think, a perfect passer rating of 153.8 this season. But, yeah, I mean, the cream of the crop here is clearly Brandon Ayuk. As, you know, he is a mirror image. He is a Spider-Man meme uh, of the Twins. You, you, me, me. Uh, of Debo Samuel. So he's going to be utilized on jet sweeps. You know, he could get 20 rushing yards out of him. Uh, I think there is a really good shot. He hit 60, 70 yards through the air. Seattle's allowed the most air yards per game uh, this season, 7.8 in terms of YPA, the most fantasy points of wide receiver position as well. I think it's going to be a strong game for Jimmy Garoppolo. I would love, and I've actually got it stacked, a Garoppolo Ayuk Kittle stack. Uh, which I think is very attractive. So again, if you're concerned about some of those weather games that we mentioned at the top of the broadcast in the upper Midwest, uh, what better way to pivot than to pivot to Seattle and San Francisco? 
Yeah, that is my primary stack. My main two lineups are going to be the Garoppolo stack with Kittle. One of them has Ayuk in it. The other one has Kendrick Bourne in it, as he's only $3,500 on DraftKings. And both have been brought back with DK Metcalf. If you're trying to choose between Metcalf and Lockett this week, we nailed Lockett last week over Metcalf. I'm going the reverse this time, because San Francisco's defense is much weaker deep down the field than they are underneath, which points to more of a DK Metcalf game than a Tower Lockett game, whereas Arizona is the exact opposite of that. So let's fire up some DK. He's going to be half the ownership on DraftKings, at least projected-wise right now, of Tyler Lockett, which is always nice to see. He is $400 more expensive, but that's part of the reason. Bad week, more expensive. More people just want to pay down to the guy. Paying for last week's performance is what people are doing, and you probably don't want to do that as it comes down to it. If you go to ftndaily.com right now, code Mayo, you get the full ownership projections, the lineup builder, the optimizer, and all the advanced stats you can use. Plus, there's a bunch of free stats up there, too. If you're just trying to pick away at some of the prop, like the prop shop is free, all of the air yards are free the points per defense are free just go check those out dip your toes into the water of ftndaily.com and figure it out but props for this week before we get you out of here what are your furious five? Oh yeah the fade five uh they've got a couple unders in here so here's the whiteboard kirk cousins again give the conditions there even in ideal conditions i still would have been under on 255.5 at minus 112 against green bay Le'Veon bell that revenge game narrative now this has gotten juiced up i got it 124 i actually got it at 35 and a half when it first came out on friday it's at the 39 and a half i still love that you could parlay that maybe with one of these other ones from another game to try to get some of that juice down and, and make it a little bit more attractive pat mahomes under 25.5 completions uh, you could get some Chad any time, maybe midway through the third quarter in this game. I love the under there uh, at minus 124. Brandon Ayuk, as we just mentioned, I like the over on receiving yards at 51 and a half at minus 112. And Latavius Murray, we talked about him earlier against the Bears. You can run all over Chicago. That is a weakness of that defense, especially against a power running back, which Murray is. 33 and a half rush yards. Love the over there at minus 112. So for mine, I played four and four. So I have eight player props this week. I'm coming off my worst week of the season in terms of props. My first week under 500 in player props. And it was not not good whatsoever. I felt really strongly about a lot of those. So not great. Hopefully we can get back on the horse this week, though. My four faves, I got Berrios, Braxton Berrios, (laughs) over 35 and a half receiving yards. That's minus 120 right now. Denzel Mims, over 45 and a half receiving yards. Also minus 120, David Montgomery, your your best friend, under 84 and a half total yards. That's minus 120. And then I have Henry Ruggs, although there is wind. I've heard that he weighs more than paper does, so he may not blow away. (laughs) Uh, Over 32 and a half receiving yards. He has a catch for more than that in three of the four games that he's played so far this season. Now, wouldn't expect him to be catching 60-yard bombs in this game, but 32 and a half is not a lot to get over. Now, I threw Mims out of that because you can, in the way, the book that I use, you can only parlay one player from each game, so I had to pick between the Jets. I like the Berrios prop better. I mean, it's lower. That's always nice. And he is seeing a 25% target share in games where Jamison Crowder hasn't played, so it's a nice, like, floor-type play. So you parlay Berrios, Montgomery, and Mims, the over, under, in the over. That's plus 516, so 5 to 1 on your money. And my next four, Jonathan Taylor, over 69 and a half rushing yards. Yep, Ryan Tannehill, over 10 and a half rushing yards. Juju, 
under 50 and a half receiving yards. Malcolm Brown over nine and a half receiving yards against the Dolphins. Uh, if you parlay those sevens, again, leave Mims off of it. Those seven together, 62 to one, Brad. It's really nice. The one I was wow. really looking at, I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Matt Breda in that Rams and Dolphins game, over under six and a half receiving yards. That's one catch. I know, but one it, catch. But, but, but you have to be confident that he gets that catch. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, well, it's like uh, the other one I, uh, I found really attractive was Sam Darnold rush yards at nine and a half. Kind of like the over there. I, again, they're going to be scoreboard chasing. He's going to be scrambling like crazy in the second half. I may end up uh, parlaying. I love the Barrios call, by the way. Uh, I, I This could be like a seven, eight catch game for him. Um, so that that's a fantastic call, though. Out of the slot, you're going to see the Honey Badger has been extraordinary in coverage, but still doesn't really matter if they're going to drop back and prevent defense, basically, in the second quarter as they milk a massive lead. But, no, those are some good ones. I, I think the Jonathan Taylor call is a good one. Uh, I think he's going to get fed a ton coming out of the bye week, and it's Detroit who's been lousy in the trenches this season. Jonathan Taylor is about to spark what could be a top five rest of season run at the running back position because his schedule is absolutely delightful. Yeah, the, I think the only team with a better schedule than the Colts right now is like Philly moving forward. Yeah, Phillies is good. Uh, believe it or not, the Bears. Uh, Dave Montgomery has the easiest remaining schedule for fantasy running backs. But the Bears can't open a damn hole for a mouse right now. And, and, so and, bad. He, and he's the uh, Melvin Gordon of the NFC. He's just not any good. <laughs> well, look, I, I think he's average. Uh, and I'm, I'm an apologist for Dave Montgomery. I think he's an excellent receiver of the backfield. And I think the Bears underutilize him in that capacity, though they're doing it more now. But they're not doing it creatively. But, I mean, just look at that game against the Rams. W- what was Nagy calling? Oh, we're going to call up the gut runs against Aaron Donald? What the fuck? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. So, you know, they weren't getting him off the edge. You could run off tackle on the Rams. You can have a tremendous amount of success there. But the problem is the Bears can't even set the edge. And that, there's just there's so many issues there. And this team is 5-2. and two. Most deceitful 5-2 and two team, I'll, I'll say it, in NFL history. It's, it's like, the wor- as a Bears fan, it's the worst-case scenario because this team desperately needs a quarterback. And they're ruining their draft capital right now in the process and they're also keeping Nagy and Ryan Pace afloat and I want both those guys out of town one word answer Tua good or bad mediocre okay I'll go right in the middle all right hedge your bets on it noon eastern time you're doing a live viewer Q&A I am. Yeah. Uh, for subscribers only at ftnfantasy.com so if you want to get on that action right now I uh, could use the mail uh, a deal there, M-A-Y-O, or my last name, E-V-A-N-S, get 10% off your subscription. Go to ftnfantasy.com slash pricing to get in now. And if you're already a subscriber, well, then I'll see you soon. All right. Once again, everyone subscribe to Mayo Media Network and subscribe at ftndaily.com. Use code Mayo over code Evans. You think Brad needs more money, please? <laughs> Look out for your boy, Pat Mayo, over here. Uh, smash the like, too. Uh, I want to say goodbye to Brad and goodbye to the audio listeners. I hope you have a great week seven because we're about to enter the live chat. Family experience. Experience.